be cautious. This is a time to be cautious because there's irrational exuberance everywhere, not just in real estate or in stocks, but everywhere in the economy. People are now making bets that simply defy logic. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I'm pleased and honored to be introducing you to Trevor McGregor. You recognize his name. He's been on the show multiple times. Just search Trevor McGregor, Joe Fairless, and you'll hear his interviews that I did with him, and he has a lot of value during those interviews. Well, he's had a lot of value in my life. For the last five years, I have hired him to be a consultant to help me with my real estate business and just personal stuff too as a life slash business coach. And he's taken my game to a different level. Before I hired him, I had four single family homes. And oh, by the way, I was also single. Fast forward to today, my company controls over $300 million worth of real estate. And I am happily, happily married. Clearly, results are going to vary, but he has helped me in five years do things that I didn't even have on my radar. So I suggest that you speak to Trevor McGregor if you're looking to take your real estate investing business to the next level. If you've had success and are looking to build on that success, then he's your guy. Go to trevormcgregor.com or coachwithtrevor.com and you'll be able to apply for a conversation with him coachwithtrevor.com. We used to do a free consultation. We got too many free consultations and he actually is pretty full with his consulting program and he's very conscientious about the value that he adds. He wants to add tremendous value. So he's being very selective with the people who he does work with. So go to coachwithtrevor.com and apply to have a conversation with him and then you two can decide if it makes sense to work together or not and hire him as a consultant. It has impacted my life in a tremendously positive way. Him and his wife have gone to my wedding. Trevor's been to my conference a couple years, and I know him well, and I suggest that you get to know him as well. Coachwithtrevor.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Neil Bawa. How you doing, Neil? I'm well, Joe. Thanks for inviting me onto the podcast. Well, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Neil. He is the president and COO of Financial Attunement, which is a commercial real estate investment company. He owns and manages real estate properties in both single family and multifamily properties in five states across the US. He's based in San Fran, California. And with that being said, Neil, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely. I want to start off by saying I'm not real estate royalty like Joe here. I'm a technologist. I've had a successful tech career and a successful tech exit and got interested in real estate in kind of an odd way. Started with large commercial before I got into residential, which as you know, Joe is quite unusual, very rare to see that. But my first gig in real estate was to build from scratch a 27,000 square foot campus for the technology college that I was a partner in. And that was in late 2003. So my CEO and senior partner basically said, we're going to build a campus and I bought this building and it's a shell and you're going to build it into all these classrooms and (laughs) offices and all this other stuff. And I said, 
but Paul, I know nothing about real estate. And he said, no, that's okay. I'm going to hire a GC and he's going to help you, but you're going to basically design and do all of this stuff. And I was terrified. But what really worked for me was that he did hire a good GC and good subs. So they didn't really take advantage of my lack of knowledge, but it was a fantastic process to go all the way from doing a rezoning process because it was flex industrial land. It was a flex R&D building and I had to rezone it for school use. And then I had to go through the entire process, the design, the build, and going through all of the approvals. So it was a phenomenal process. Eventually, we ended up building six different campuses all over California. And that's how I got started in real estate before I got into single family. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of the beginning of my story, Joe. That's a big undertaking. As far as you coming from a technology background, I mean, you called yourself a technologist. How do you apply that background to commercial and maybe single family investing? More so than most people would believe. My sales pitch, if you want to call it that, is I'm not running a real estate company at all. I'm running a technology company that is masquerading as a real estate company, so far masquerading successfully. We use an incredible amount of technology, and we're not just using technology in the sense of software. We're using technology in the sense of process. We're using technology in the way that we generate an army of leads for our properties and have taken over many of the property management associated tasks from our PMs. And we also are very heavy on outsourcing. So I have a large group of virtual assistants that work in the Philippines and in India to optimize our properties. So we're not PMs. We hire third-party PMs like everyone else, but we use technology a great deal to optimize net operating income on our properties and to optimize investor cash flow. So still, in my mind, I'm still running a technology company. What are some tactics that your VAs do in order to optimize the NOI on your commercial properties? Well, I'll give you some straightforward numbers, right? On a 250 unit, if you increase rents by $25, you've created roughly a million dollars in investor equity because of the laws of cap rate. So if you're working on a six cap property, you've created nearly a million bucks. And if you increase occupancy in the same property by 2%, let's say you go from 94 to 96%, you've now created slightly over a million dollars in investor equity when you sell. So you take those two together and you've created a little over $2 million in investor equity before you start your rehab. Obviously, the standard business plan, mine is no different from anybody else's, is let's take these properties and rehab them. But on a typical 250 unit property of investors put in $5 million, I'm getting to more than 2 million of that 5 million before I start my rehab because my optimization overlay, my team here in the US and in the Philippines and India, essentially allow us to do those two things. Increase occupancy on average by 2%, increase rents by 25 bucks. The very short answer to how we do it is we create massive mountains of lead flow. And then we process those leads in the Philippines as opposed to processing them in the US because no property manager that I know in the US would ever agree to take on that mountain of lead flow. It simply wouldn't work. When you're rehabbing a property, and I'm making assumptions, so you you stop me when the assumption is not correct. With your business model, if you're rehabbing it, like you stated, then I imagine you're putting money into the property interior and exterior and improving the quality of life 
and then increasing rent because you've improved the quality of life and the living experience. Is that accurate? So far, so good, yes. Okay. So in that process, I imagine if it's like one of our properties, there's going to be turnover because you go from one quality product to another quality product. Is that accurate? Absolutely. So the question is, why are you increasing occupancy before you do the rehab? The short answer is, let's say I didn't do any rehab. Let's say I just left the property alone. Let's say the property was at 94% or is meant to be really a 94% property in that area. Okay. Providing an army or a mountain of leads, I can always take that up 2%. I'm not increasing price at this point. I'm simply increasing occupancy. So that 2% is really irrespective of the rehab. Now let's say I do the rehab and now the rents are 125 bucks more. Same thing applies. At that new pricing level, if in that market, the typical occupancy is 94, by using my army of VAs and leads, I can take that up 2% again regardless of whether it's rehab or not. So rehab units, non-rehab units, I can increase occupancy of both by 2%. Now, if I happen to be in a market that's so awesome that none of this is necessary, then of course I don't do any of these things. But what I found is that in 2017 and 18, we are seeing a lot of new class A product come in, in markets that we are, whether it's Dallas or Salt Lake City or any other markets, there's a lot of class A product coming in And as more and more of that product comes in 350,000 units a year, we're beginning to see discounting happen in that area. I think most of your viewers are aware that class A occupancy in the United States is continuing to fall month over month, quarter over quarter. So as their occupancy falls, they're discounting. And that's having a cascade effect on the B's and the C's. And the way to protect against those occupancy declines is to be very efficient at sales and marketing. What are some ways that your VAs are getting the leads that they're generating? I think the process I'll describe is fairly straightforward. The processes that are connected to that process are much more complex. Okay. So we talk about Craigslist. We'll use Craigslist as an example, but this actually applies to a lot of the other pieces. Craigslist. So I talk to property managers. I say, do you guys use Craigslist? Oh yeah, we're awesome at Craigslist. In fact, we post on Craigslist every day. And actually, when I go in and hire them, I notice that sometimes they post every day, sometimes they post every other day. Sure. But the truth of Craigslist is you only receive leads on Craigslist for between one and two hours after the posting goes up, unless you're in a very small market. So in a large market like Dallas, you get 90 minutes of visibility at most. Then your ad is on page four, where no one will ever find it. Have you found that to be the case, Joe? Definitely understand that. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that. Right. So the catch is if you post another ad, Craigslist will flag it. So Craigslist has a very powerful artificial intelligence algorithm that flags duplicates and uses a wide variety of methodologies to find and flag duplicates. We don't leave that posting to our property managers. We post 48 ads on Craigslist per property. Let's assume it's a property that has studios, one bed, two bed, and three bed. In that case, we post 48 ads. If it only has studios, one bed and two bed, then we'll post 36 ads over the two-day time frame. Those ads are posted all the way starting at seven in the morning, then nine, then 11, then one, then three, then five every day. Then posted again, the second set is posted the next day. 
On the third day, the Craigslist Renew button, which appears on the right side of every listing, becomes available, allowing us to roll those listings over. Every 30 days, Craigslist lists rid of our listings, and so we recreate all 48 ads for every property. By doing these in a phased manner every two hours, we create a massive number of leads from Craigslist. Now, the same methodology is applied in different ways across nine other engines. Every engine has its own weakness, and you have to exploit it. Craig's is almost flawless, so we've had to spend two hours developing the technology to hack it. So, for example, it doesn't like all those ads coming from one address. It's going to flag them. So we use, I think, 24 different IP addresses in the United States, Mm -hmm. even though the listings are all being done in India or the Philippines. It doesn't like same-sized graphics, so we have 48 different sets of graphics that are different file sizes. It doesn't like the same titles. It doesn't like the same descriptions. There's also some other ways in which Craig's catches you, phone numbers. So it's an anti-spoofing methodology that we develop. Every quarter, we look at what our flag rate is, and based on that, we develop new methodologies. And we do that across 10 different engines. Approximately how many people are involved in that process? Let's say you've got the studio one, twos, and threes, so you're doing 48 ads every 48 hours. The sales and marketing team are seven full-time employees. And where are they located? India and the Philippines. And what's their average compensation? $13,000. $13,000 a year? Yep. On average, 13K a year... So you've got about a hundred grand a year. Yeah, about a hundred K a year. But that's spread across all of my properties. So the standard property is penalized eighteen thousand dollars a year for this service. But the investor value that I just talked about creating was two million bucks mm-hmm. or more, right? And we must not forget that the value created on sale is sixteen times the value you're creating each year. So the value created each year is over $100,000, correct? So it helps to pay for that $18,000. We don't skimp on the staff at the property. There's no difference in staff structure of the property between my properties and yours and Michael's. They're all going to be the same. There's no optimization to be applied to property staff. So it's really the additional cost of the VAs and the additional value that's created for the property that what- creates the investor value. What's a specific example? You mentioned the 250 unit, six cap rate, adding the value there. Can you give a specific example of something that you've implemented and how it's gone? Can't. I think that that would get me in trouble with my investors. I think that those numbers that I gave you are quite representative. Got it. Okay. With your portfolio, you're in five states? No, that was a while back. So now we're in seven states, not counting California. Okay, seven states, and you're based in California. So how do you become familiar with a market? The best way to become familiar with a market is to do a lot of research. So each year in January, tons of different providers put out their listings of best cities in the U.S., worst cities in the U.S., best neighborhoods, best zip codes. There's so much data, and that data is not in any one place. So starting in November each year, I use Flipboard on my iPad and in Flipboard, I plug in real estate and I thumb down anything that is not interesting to me and thumb up anything that has to do with 
items that are talking about the best and the worst type of stuff. Flipboard accesses information from a huge number of sources. So eventually I end up with all the best and worst lists in the US by January. Then I pull them together. And as you can imagine, the providers are people that you know, Adam Data, Axiometrics, CoStar, Yardi Matrix on the multifamily side, on the single family side, Realtor.com, Trulia, Zillow, and half a dozen other providers like that, Apartments.com, ApartmentList.com. So I take that data and I spend the month of January massaging it. I then verify it against my paid accounts, CoStar and others. And then in February, I put it together into various presentations, trends presentations, and I present to my database. And then the rest of the year, I execute on the basis of those presentations. So the presentations are stored on multifamilyu.com, my website. So you can check that out, multifamily followed by the letter u.com has all the presentations and data. All the data is just given away for free. So people don't really have to invest with me and they don't even have to do multifamily. The data actually applies for single family and multifamily. So they're welcome to take it and use it. And then basically the rest of the year is really all about execution. I don't try to second guess how a market is doing in the middle of a year, because as you know, the process of creating a team is very time consuming. Based on your experience, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? (laughs) All right. I'm going to say that that advice changes each year. So can I modify the question to say my best real estate (laughs) investing advice in this year? Absolutely. Okay. In 2018, be cautious. I think that the market has risen so long, so fast, and so consistently across the United States that people have simply forgotten that real estate is not magical. I think that we forget that the rules of real estate have not changed. It means that what goes up must come down. I do not see that enough in the behavior of syndicators. I do not see that enough in the behavior of individual single family investors. So if I can give you one piece of advice to anybody listening, I would say be cautious. This is a time to be cautious because there's irrational exuberance everywhere, not just in real estate or in stocks. But everywhere in the economy, people are now making bets that simply defy logic. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. Let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you want to hire the guy who I hire to help me with my real estate investing business, then go to coachwithtrevor.com. That's coachwithtrevor.com. Landlords, if you're ready to eliminate eviction headaches and double your rental income in the next 30 days, then go to bnbfreedomformula.com forward slash best to learn if short-term rentals are right for you. That's bnb freedomformula.com forward slash best. Neil, what's the best ever book you've read? The 4-Hour Workweek by Timothy Ferris. Best ever deal you've done? Brand new construction building in Provo, Utah. Just completed and now leasing up. I think the investor will receive 100% of their capital back, therefore making it an unlimited return deal. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? ignored red flags and bought a property that I shouldn't have bought simply because I was too emotionally and financially vested in it. Best ever way you like to give back? By education. I feel that the best way to empower people to make better decisions is to educate them. And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? Multifamilyu.com. I don't believe in hiding. 
My information is on that website. My phone number is there. My email's there. But what I suggest that you do is simply go through the content that's on that website. You'll find that I'm a geek. I've got geek horns. The content is extremely data-driven. If you like that thought process, it's very unsexy, by the way, <laughs> then I would love to talk with you because we are of like mind. Well, Neil, if you appreciate that thought process in other people, that's another thing. Because certainly, even if we don't have that thought process, we can appreciate the mind and how it works that way. So thank you for being on the show, Neil, talking about your technology background, how you're implementing that into real estate investing, and in particular, having a VA system that we talked about. You got seven full-time employees, about $100,000 a year that you are investing in that approach and they're generating significantly more in value as a result of even one of the examples with Craigslist. And then also the approach that you're taking with your business now and being cautious, but yet still looking for deals and being very methodical. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Joe. Landlords, if you're ready to eliminate eviction headaches and double your rental income in the next 30 days, then go to bnbfreedomformula.com forward slash best to learn if short-term rentals are right for you. That's bnbfreedomformula.com forward slash best.